This podcast is presented to you by Pastor Randy Han and Celebration Church in Fresno, California. For more information, please visit celebrationchurch.cc. After, after January 1, the Lord gave me a prophetic word for this year, and I want to read it to you. He said, there is a change coming in America. It's a U-turn in prayer, a spiritual uplift, an updraft, and a fresh outpouring. It's like a bowl of golden honey representing the anointing which is being poured out in this new season. And whosoever will get under the pouring shall not only be blessed, but shall be increased immeasurably in their lives. I'm looking for that bowl of golden honey that looks like a golden oil that represents the anointing of the Holy Spirit. That's what I want in my life. That's what these days, this week, have been about. Coming together. Take your right hand and hold it out and squeeze. You feel that? Now take your left hand and reach out and squeeze. You feel that? Now put your two hands together and squeeze. Where's the most power? When we come together. And there's a pattern. Everybody say a pattern. There's a pattern in the universe. There's an order in space. God operates by patterns. He's not a man that he should lie. He said, I am the Lord, I change not. So the patterns that God has set, he has set in stone. I hear people all the time trying to, trying to get God to, 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 to come on to their agenda. Why don't we get on his agenda? I used to ask the Lord to bless my plan, but I changed. I asked him, I asked him to help me get on his plan because his plan is already blessed. Okay? There's a pattern. You, uh, you, you look at NASA. NASA uh, has a specific pattern or system which they shoot spacecrafts into the heavens. And if they get even one iota off that pattern, they'll miss their mark by millions of miles because there's a pattern. But if they follow the pattern, they can land within a few feet on another planet. There's a pattern. Dressmakers use a pattern. They don't just haphazardly say, I'll make a, a, a gown out of, out of fabric. No, they use a pattern. Uh, shoemakers use a pattern to make a shoe so it comes out the proper size. If, uh, if, they, made, uh, if they just did it by sight, it might not come out 9D, my size. It might come out 8. It might come out 10. But because they use a pattern. And I got news for you of what's happening this week here. When the pattern is right, the glory will fall. When the pattern is right, the glory will fall. Turn to your neighbor and say, when the pattern's right, the glory will fall. That's what this whole week has been about. It's been getting right. It's like the story that my dad used to tell. He used to tell the story about a man who had a little boy, five years old, and his wife had left the house, and he was running a rampage all over the house, and 
all the dad wanted to do was read his newspaper, and the little boy was running around, and he couldn't pay attention to his paper, and, and he got an idea. There was a map in the newspaper. He took that map and tore it up in little pieces of paper and spread it all over the floor and said to his son, Now, put the world back together. And the little boy stopped his running around, got down on his hands and knees, and began moving the papers until he got them back into place. And he told his dad, Dad, look what I've done. I, I, I put the world back together. He said, Son, how did you do that so fast? He said, Well, Dad, what you didn't know was on the back of that map was a picture of a man. And once I got the man right, the world wasn't so hard. There's a pattern. There's a pattern in the universe. Picture yourself standing on the Mount of Olives. Jesus has been crucified, dead, and buried. Three days, the angel has said to the woman, Why do you seek the living among the dead? He's not here. He's risen. He's shown himself now alive to hundreds of people. Thomas has put his hands in the scars in Jesus' hands and feet and thrust his hand into the side where they drove the spear in and said, My Lord and my God. He's dined with those men along the road to Ephesus. Now, standing on the Mount of Olives, about to ascend to heaven, he says to them, you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you'll be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth. Judea, or Jerusalem, excuse me, Jerusalem represents your family, your friends. Uh, Judea represents the places that you frequent, where you go. Samaria represents the hard places, where it's difficult to be a witness, and then the uttermost parts of the earth. He laid out a plan for them. But he said, before that, I want you to go to a certain place, and I want you to come together in one accord. The hardest thing for Christians to do is come together. We fuss and we fight and we feud over doctrine. And if I don't cross my, I, cross my T and dot my I the way you do, then I'm cast out. That's how denominations were formed. Because of disagreements, theological disagreements, talking about something that they had no earthly idea what they were talking about. Worrying about every little jot and tittle when they left out the word of God. Why is it that the devil's crowd always seems to be arm in arm? We Christians fuss and feud and fight and change churches. He said, come together in one accord. The Bible doesn't say how long they stayed in there. But they must have stayed in there a while. I don't know how long a while is. But apparently it was long enough for them to come together. Now, if they were typical people, it took them a while to drop their facade and actually come together in harmony and in unity. It must have taken them a while to join their hands and hearts together. I don't know how long it was, but it was a while. But after a while, there came a moment when the pattern was right. And suddenly, there was a sound of a rushing mighty wind. 
and tongues of fire, as it were, appeared upon their heads. And they began to speak in tongues as the Holy Spirit gave them utterance. Suddenly, boldness, confidence. And they came out of that room preaching and teaching. And Peter preached a message. Lasted about three minutes and 3,000 gave their hearts to the Lord Jesus Christ. And the church was born. That's our history. And when the pattern is right, the glory will fall. Joshua heard the pattern of the Lord. March around the city of Jericho once a day for six days and on the seventh day march seven times and have the priests who are carrying the Ark of the Covenant to blow the ram's horns, the trumpets, and shout and the walls would come down. He set the pattern and when they obeyed, God answered the pattern and the glory fell. What is the glory? The glory is whatever you need in your life. It could be spiritual, it could be physical, it could be financial, it could be in your family, in your business, in your job, in your ministry, in some other area of your life. When Jehoshaphat faced three marauding armies and didn't know what to do, they came together and they got on their faces and they prayed. And when they prayed and they got the pattern right, then Jehaziel, the prophet, stood and gave them a prophetic word and told them what to do. And by the time the battle was over, they hadn't even had to lift a sword. And they wound up taking three days to carry the spoils away. They got the pattern right. And when the pattern is right, the glory falls. Peter had fished all night and taken nothing. And Jesus came walking on the shores of the Sea of Galilee that day and said, Lend me your boat. And Peter lent him his boat. He was planting a seed in the master's life. And when Jesus had finished preaching, he said, now launch out into the deep waters and let down your nets for a catch. Peter had gotten the pattern right. He had sown into the Lord. And when they got out in the deep water, they threw over the nets and the nets were filled with fish. And their nets began to break and their boats began to sink. And they got a net breaking, boat sinking load because they got the pattern right. When the pattern is right, the glory will fall. And that's what's been happening this week here in the Fresno area. You've been getting the pattern right. You've been preparing for what God wants to do this year. Something unusual is happening in our country. There is a move toward God right now like I have not seen since I was a boy. There's a hunger for the things of God. There's a hunger for healing. And with every medicine known to man, with all the great doctors and great hospitals and great clinics and great uh, diagnostic equipment, people seem to be sicker than they have ever been. If ever there was a time for healing, now is the time for healing. But we've got to get the pattern right. Because when we get the pattern right, the glory will fall. Pastor's been laying out what he believes God wants him to do throughout this year. He's been preaching it to you through the month of January and then these last three days with your speakers that have come in and, and I didn't get to hear them but I heard a portion of them, of them by, through him earlier today. You're getting the pattern right. 
And when the pattern is right, the glory will fall. Kesha, broko sotiatanakasiya, siatsanda kastibriatanakasoyatsa. Did you not know that when you get the pattern right, I will cause my glory, I will cause my healing, I will cause my miracle power to flow down upon you and in you and up through you, and you will bring change to the nations of this earth. Just lift your hands in prayer right now. Lift your voice in the spirit. Just lift your voice in praise. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, that you're moving. You're moving and nothing will stop the move of God. The media won't stop it. Hollywood won't stop it. They won't stop it. It's sovereign. There's something sovereign coming to America. God is not finished with the greatest nation on the earth. He's not finished with America. He has much to do, and it has begun. And there's a move of God I prophesy tonight that students are going to rise up in schools all over this nation and demand to put the Bible back in the classroom. I prophesy that tonight. They're going to make a demand on the Word of God. Prayer clubs and prayer groups will begin to form again in schools. It will not be legislated from the top. It will come from the grassroots up. And you live to see it. There's a move of God coming in this country. God will not be stopped. He will not be shortchanged. He will not be throttled. No one will put a governor on him because he's God. He scooped out the beds for the oceans and flung the stars from his fingertips and hung this world on nothing. Stepped out on nothing when nothing was there and told it to stay, and it did. And created us in his image. You look at yourself in the mirror. And you have a board meeting every morning. And you've got two choices in life. You can go God's way or you can go the devil's way. I was in a city preaching and there was a street called this way. And the next street was called that way. I've never seen a. Streets named like that in a town. And then there was a street where more churches were on, and it was called His Way. I've never seen that. Well, I don't know about you, but I had times in my life uh, when I've gone this way (laughs) and when I've gone that way. But when I got on His Way, when I got the pattern right, the glory fell. And that man, I don't know where he is, that, that guy was on that video tonight, I and mean, it really touched my heart, the video. He's got the pattern right. Now the glory is falling. And the glory comes in the form of what you need. My dad, if my dad were here, he'd say it this way, Jesus meets you at the point of your need. 
where you are hurting the most, that's where he is. He's right at the point of your need. And when we get the pattern right, and we're proud to be Christians, not ashamed of the gospel, for it's the power of God unto salvation. I got on the plane to fly up here, and the lady behind me said, I'm so glad you're on this plane. I know we're going to land. I said, yes, ma'am, we are. And if you want to go home safely, here's my flight tomorrow. (laughs) Yeah, because I have work to do for the Lord. He's not through with me. I'm ready to run through a troop and jump over a wall. I'm ready to do whatever God calls me to do. I told somebody today, the difficult, we do immediately, the impossible sometimes took overnight, you know. And God calls us to do things that are impossible. But there's nothing impossible with Him. If He has spoken to you, some of you have had dreams and visions that go back 20, 30 years. And they have not yet come into fruition. I've got news for you. They're coming. They're coming. Not a word He has spoken to you will come back void. What does the Bible say? Cast your bread on the water. And it will come back to you after many days. Many of you are praying for your children, for their salvation. Many of you have family members that are lost. And and some of you have uh, family members who are in rehabilitation centers and and they're in hospitals. And and some of them are in lockup and some are in other places. And you're praying for them and you're believing brothers and sisters and cousins and in-laws and outlaws and all those. We have the right and we have the responsibility to call them home. My mother and my father held the rope for me. When I was lost and undone, without God or his son, they held the rope for me. My mother looked in my eyes and said, Son, you'll never get away from my prayers. And no matter how far I ran, and I ran a long way, I never could get away from my mama's prayers. She prayed over me. And I told my dad to get the hell out of my life. And he said, son, that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to get the hell out of your life. I didn't want to be a preacher. I didn't want to live under that scrutiny. I didn't want to live under that microscope, that flashlight. I didn't want to live under that. I didn't want to have people say about me what they said about my father. I didn't want that mess. I wanted to be a nightclub entertainer. I wanted to play my guitar and sing. And I was in a rock and roll band, lead singing, and I was involved in everything that a kid that age could get involved in, and I won't amplify that. I wasn't interested in God. I had a contract with the Sahara Hotel in Las Vegas to sing in their lounges. I'd sung all over the Midwest where I was born and raised. I was an entertainer. I was good. I wanted to make a name for myself and come back home and jam it down their throat. But a funny thing happened to me on the way to Vegas. I got saved. Then that night I got baptized in the Holy Spirit. 
And God showed me that the dream he had for me was better than the dream I had for myself. And I gave my heart to the Lord. And the dad that I had run from and and criticized and, and ostracized and done everything I could to get away from that suddenly became my best friend. And I joined his ministry. 1968, got saved in October 1968, I was 19. My whole life turned around. And God called me into the ministry. He later called me into the healing ministry. He told me that I would have huge crowds around the world. And I've, I've been there, I've done that. I don't have to, I don't have, to have that to, to satisfy me. I didn't do that for myself. I did that because he told me to do it. I've been in, I've been in the, uh, I've preached in, in Muslim nations all over the world. I've laid hands on Muslim presidents. I, I've gone into their homes and laid hands on their wives and their children and their family members and, and, because when you get sick, you want healing. And you don't really care where it comes from. You just want to get well. And I've had opportunities so many times around the world, but the Lord told me those days have ended for me. He has a new assignment for me. And I said, yes, sir. I'm going to go where you tell me to go. I'm going to do what you tell me to do. And I'm going to say what you tell me to say when I get there. And I don't care who doesn't like it. Why? I'm not saying that in a self-serving way. No, because I know who I am. I know the call that's on my life. Do you know who you are? You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. That's who you are. You were made only a little bit lower than the angels. Greater is he who's in you than he that is in the world. And when the devil looks at you, he sees God because you were created in his image. You weren't made white or black or brown or blue or purple. You were made in his image. You looked like him. And that's why the devil is so angry about you because when he looks at you, he sees God. And he knows that he has to stop you or you will do what God has shown you you are to do. And he knows that his days are numbered. He knows he's going to get locked away for a thousand years. And he also knows there are multiplied millions and hundreds of millions and billions even of people who have not yet heard the name of Jesus. And we have a calling on our lives. This is not just about church. This is not just about me and my four and no more. This is about taking what's happening here because you've set the pattern now and taking it to the nations of the earth. That's what this is about. And I got news. I got news for you. It's from heaven. Your stock on the world exchange is rising because people are hungry God. America is changing. There's a tremendous change coming in our country. There is about to be a financial boom in our nation. 
There's coming a, a great revelation of finances into Christians in order to finance the end-time harvest of souls. He said in his word that the wealth of the, of the wicked is laid up for the just. There is coming an end-time transfer of wealth. I'm not talking about millions or, or billions. I'm talking about trillions of dollars coming into the hands of the righteous in order to propagate the gospel to the nations of the earth so every person on the face of the earth has an opportunity to hear the name of Jesus. That's what this is about. It's not just about this valley. It's not just about Fresno or Clovis where we are tonight. It's not just about California. It's not just about the west or the midwest or the east or the south or the north. It's not just about North America. It's about the nations of the earth. For this gospel shall be preached in all nations. And if you can't go, you sure as heaven better send somebody. Because people out there are dying, sighing, crying, and going to hell with a, in a handbasket until someone like you and me takes it to them. And when we get the pattern right, the glory will fall. I'm telling you, I'm giving you a prophetic word tonight. You're going to begin to see arms growing out. You're going to begin to see cancers literally fall off of people's bodies. That's what I saw, Pastor, when I was a boy. Under my dad's ministry, I saw tumors fall off of people's bodies and land in the sawdust. I saw arms and legs grow out. I saw people born deaf, healed. I saw blind eyes open. That's coming to America. All it requires is a pastor and a congregation to say, Lord, is there any sick among you? Let them call for the elders of the church and let them pray over them, anointing them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith, not the prayer of doubt, not the prayer, Lord, if it be your will. <laughs> no, 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 no. But the faith prayer, the prayer of faith shall save the sick person and the Lord will raise you up. I'll tell you, Pastor, you, you got me fired up tonight. You, you, got me, you got me supercharged tonight. This isn't going the way that I planned. Because you've got something going here. You can feel it when you walk through the door. You can feel the Spirit of God. Don't tell me you can, you can feel strawberry ice cream going down your throat and you can't feel the power of God. You walk through that door back there and you can feel there's a rush that hits you. Nick was up here leading uh, worship. You know, he and my daughter Olivia had been friends for years back when they were at ORU together. And uh, when I walked in the room, he was singing. There was a power. There was a, there was a rush that came against my chest. I knew what it was. What did his hair do? It's the power of God.
reminds me, once I was asked uh, to be a presenter at uh, what they call the Spotlight Awards, and uh, they had two people coming from each side of the stage to make an uh, award for musicians. And I came out on one side. I was, in a, I was supposed to be in a tuxedo. They told me to come in a tuxedo. I came in a tuxedo. And here came another, an, Elvis, an Elvis impersonator. And I came from one side. He came from the other side. I didn't know he was on that side. He didn't know I was over there. So they introduced, they introduced me. At that time, I was president of Royal Roberts University. They introduced, they introduced me. They introduced him. We come out. With, and his hair is about this tall. And the um, crowd was laughing. I just looked over at him and said, I would kill for your hair. <laughs> I love you, Nick, wherever you are. But you see, he's got the pattern right. He's got the pattern right up here. Sets the tone. Pattern sets the tone. And then the miracles can follow. The glory. <laughs> yeah, 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 I'll do that, Lord. The glory falls. The glory falls. The glory falls. Here comes a brightness right now in someone's eyes. Here comes a brightness. There's a cataract that's dissolving right now in the name of Jesus. There's a brightness coming into eyes. If you need healing in your eyes, stand up right now. Anybody needs a healing in your eyes? If you need healing in your hearing, stand up right now. There's a brightness coming into someone's eyes right now, eyes and ears a loss of hearing or an eye problem. If you need healing in your shoulders or in your back or your feet or your legs, stand up. The pattern has been set. Now it's time for the glory to fall. And I've been preaching until the Lord gave me a sign. You can't just decide to have a healing service. You can't just walk out and say, all right, right now I'm going to stop and pray for the sick. No, it has to be God's moment. The pattern has to be right. And so you continue to minister until the Lord says, now is the time. And now is the time. Anybody with a problem with your back or your feet or your legs or, or, or your shoulders or, or your knees or anything like that, stand up for prayer. Anyone has a problem with your heart or your blood pressure or your blood sugar, I'm just saying this now as the Lord gives it to me tonight. I want you to stand up with uh, blood pressure problems or blood, pr or blood sugar problems or any type of vein problems or, or blood disorder or anything like that or, or any type of, uh, yeah, I'll do that, Lord, lupus or any type of uh, uh, vertigo or, or anything like that in the name of Jesus. Just, just stand up for prayer. Shoulders are being healed even now. Seventeen people's shoulders are being healed right now. Seventeen people's shoulders. In a few minutes, we'll count them. We'll find out, we'll find out who it is. Now, whoever is, if there's, if there's anybody still sitting, lay your hand on the person that's standing. Lord, we're getting the pattern right. We're getting in your will. We're getting your plan, your desire for us. We're setting aside our plan, and we're asking to get on your plan. Because you've got the divine highway. We're setting ours aside and getting on yours. And Lord, there are many people here tonight who need healing. And now, Lord, we're in an atmosphere. And you've shown me that now is the time. Father, your word says that we were healed by the stripes on Jesus' back. That means, Lord, that he took not only our sin and shame, 
but he took our sicknesses and diseases on his back through the stripes that he took. Now, Lord, it's time to appropriate into our lives what he did. Healing has been provided. It's based on the atonement for the stripes that he took, the 39 stripes on his back. So therefore, we know we have a Bible right to believe you for healing. So in Jesus' name, I take authority over your back pain. And it's coming out now. Come out. Come out. And again, I say every back pain, come out. And there it comes in the name of Jesus. And there is an ulcer being healed right now. All the burning is leaving someone. You've had the pain in your back. Just begin bending right now. Many of you are going to find the pain is just leaving you now. You start bending right now. You with the shoulder pain, in the name of Jesus, I bind that. I cast it off your shoulder. Healing, come forth in the name of Jesus. Now, just begin lifting that shoulder. At least 17 people are being healed in your shoulder tonight. At least 17, maybe more than that. People all over are going to find you able to put your shoulder up and down without any pain. Or you can wave it around. You put it behind you. You put it out in front. You put it up above you. You put it behind you. Pain's leaving right now. Knees. Knees that are swollen. Knees that are stiff. Pain in the knees. In the, uh, there it goes. In the authority of Jesus' name. Pain, come out. I take authority over it. Come out. I take authority over it. Come out. In the name of of Jesus. Now just begin lifting your knees up and down. Fluid, just drain. Fluid, drain. MCL, ACL, be healed in the name of Jesus. Knee bone, kneecap, be healed. Injury, heal up. You've had difficulty lifting your legs without pain. Start lifting them right now in Jesus' name. Start moving. Feet and ankles, be healed. All the pain in the back, in the shoulder, in the arm, carpal tunnel syndrome, be healed in the name of Jesus. All the pain that shoots down the arm and down the back and down the legs and in the hips, be healed. Loss of vision, cataract, blindness, glaucoma, in the authority of Jesus' name, come out. Come out. Come out. I send the word according to Psalm 107 verse 20, which says he sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destruction. I send that word to you. Come out in the name of Jesus. Start looking around. Somebody's cataracts being healed right now. Eyes are opening. Blurred vision is going away. Loss of hearing. Eustachian tube, eardrum. Open up. Open up. Open up snapping and popping and crackling now in the name of Jesus. There's another ulcer being healed right now. And the pain in the stomach now and in the lungs. Stomach and lungs be healed. Breathe all the way in without coughing. In the authority, I rebuke the, the nasal congestion, the asthma, the emphysema. Come out of these lungs. Come out. Come out all the way to the back of the auditorium. Come out. Jesus' name. How some of you may have never been in a service like this before. <laughs> Welcome to the end times. But I see this beginning to happen everywhere. 
men and women will be rising up and speaking in the name of Jesus and calling out sickness and disease. Sickness and disease are not your friend. They're death trying to take you out. And I stand up against it in the name of Jesus. Cancer, you foul, tormenting cancer. Every cancer, come out. Every growth, every malignancy, every tumor, every mass, come out. In the name of Jesus, you foul cancer in the breast, in the bone, in the brain, in the organs, in the skin, in the blood, come out, come out, come out. In Jesus' name. Just, just recently, I prayed for a woman of stage four cancer. And within three weeks, the doctors could not find a trace of the cancer. It is gone. He's healing cancer. He's healing blood issues. He's healing female organs right now in the name of Jesus. Every cyst, desist. Every cyst, desist. Ovaries function normally in the name of Jesus. Thank you and I give praise. Thank you, Lord, for healing hearing and healing eyes and healing breathing and healing stomachs, kidney and liver and lower tract, digestion, hernia, ulcer, gallbladder, pancreas, colon. Be healed. Intestinal problem. Be healed. Blockage. Unblock. Lupus. Come out in the name of Jesus. This infectious disease. Come out. You have no right. You take your hands off God's property. Everyone here tonight belongs to God. They don't belong to the devil. I take authority over that in your life. I curse it and bind it. And I declare that healing is beginning tonight. Whatever you couldn't do, just begin to do right now. If you couldn't bend, start bending, start moving, start twisting, start turning. Let's just see the hands in a minute of those who can tell there's a difference. Who can say right now, just as you prayed, I felt the power of God come into my life. Wave your hand at me. Wave your hand. Hold it up high. Hold it up high. If your back is healed, or your shoulder, your neck, your feet, or your legs, or you're seeing better, you're hearing better, hold it up high. If you can tell, there's a healing. Pastor, look at that. Look at that. Where are the 17 or more? You got your shoulder healed. Wave your hand at me. At least 17 of you. All 17 of you, run down here real quick. All 17 of you. Maybe more than 17. You got your shoulder healed. All 17 of you, run down here. Pastor, look at this. More than 17. Now move it. Move it. Move it. Come on, move it. Come on, give him a big God bless you. 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 30, 40, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24. Give praise to the Lord. I did that for a reason so that you would know. You'd know what's happening. And there are many, many other miracles that are happening right now. Everybody stand up for a minute. Everybody stand up. Everybody stand. Turn and face somebody. Turn and face someone. Lay your hands on them and begin to pray the prayer of faith.
Bible says, pray one for another that you may be healed. Go ahead and pray for them right now. Let the Lord use you as a missionary evangelist in the healing ministry. Let the Lord use you tonight. Lay your hand on them. Jesus said, you shall lay hands upon the sick and they shall recover. Don't just look to me. You have an anointing yourself. Yes, I have an anointing, but so do you. Healing the name of Jesus. I sing healing in the name of Jesus. Healing in the name of Jesus. Yes, healing in his name. Emotions tonight. Discouragement. Depression. Loneliness. Bitterness. Anger. Unforgiveness. It'll eat you up. Everyone lift your hands under the Lord tonight. And say, Father, tonight I forgive. I let that person go. I give them to you. I release anger and bitterness for what they have done to me. I release them. I have every reason to be upset, but I have no right. Because you said, when you stand praying, forgive. And tonight, I'm standing and I'm praying. And so I forgive. I pray for this, this brokenness, this discouragement and depression to lift off of you. And for you to be like an uncapped well. And for the spirit that resides in you to come like a gusher rising up on the inside of you. And you begin to say what God says about you. That God loves me. That God cares about me. That he knows who I am. He knows my name. He knows where I live. He knows what I've been through. And my greatest days are yet ahead. They're not behind. They're yet ahead. If I can say that at 68, looking at most of you much younger than me, if I can say that about my own life, knowing what I've been through, and I've been through some things in my life, if I can say it at 68, surely you can say it at 18 or 28 or 38 or 48 or however old you are. So lift up your head and lift up your shoulders and recognize that you are a VIP. You are a very important person to God. There's a calling on your life. God has something special for you and for you alone. You are unique and you are irreplaceable. There's no one on the face of the earth that's like you. That's why no DNA is duplicated. 
And I praise God for that. Give somebody a holy hug. Give somebody a holy hug. Praise God. You can be seated. Hallelujah. How many of you are glad you're in church tonight? How many of you would rather be here than the best prison in California? Wow, praise God. Okay, I'm under orders from your pastor. Okay? To give you an opportunity to sow tonight. I want you to sow into your dreams. I want you to sow into your dreams. Turn to your neighbor and say, sow into your dreams tonight. What dreams do you have? Everybody has a dream. Everyone does. You do, I do. I have dreams. I, I, I go to sleep with them at night. I talk about them every day because I know they're going to be fulfilled. I'll tell you a story. Um, happened um, many, many years ago when my dad was a boy in southeast Oklahoma, not far from where I was raised, because it looked like all their dreams were shattered, and that may be your story tonight. My grandfather, Ellis Melvin Roberts, was a farmer and a preacher. He established 12 churches in Oklahoma and Arkansas before he died. He lived until I was 21, and I knew him very, very well. Everybody called him Papa. He's a big man, big hands, big voice, about 6'2", 6'3", big chest, booming voice. He didn't hardly need a microphone. And uh, when my dad was a boy, there came a hailstorm. And the hailstorms in that part of Oklahoma uh, can, can, can come with uh, hail very large, sometimes the size of baseballs, sometimes even larger than that. And the hailstones were so big that they destroyed the crop in the field. And my grandfather came out of the porch to survey the damage. The, the, uh, the, the, the gallstones, the, uh, the listen to me, the hailstones had, uh, not gallstones, hailstones. Be pretty big gallstones, wouldn't they? Uh, the hailstones were so big that they had knocked the paint off the house. And um, he, he went out of the porch to survey the damage. My dad must have been about 10 or so. So that would have been in the late 1920s. And my grandfather began to weep because he saw that the crop in the field had been destroyed. And he knew what that meant. It meant that there wouldn't be a harvest. It meant there wouldn't be any income from the farm. And he was weeping. And my grandmother, Claudius Priscilla, who was a lay preacher, my, my grandfather was Methodist, and my grandmother was Pentecostal. They were Methocostals. <laughs> and uh, she was baptized, and the Holy Spirit had fire in her bones. She came out on the porch, and she said, Ellis, go in the house and get the $100 bill that you've been hiding from me. <laughs> now, these were depression days in America. And my grandfather kept a $100 bill in a secret place so that no one could call Reverend E.M. Roberts broke. And she said, Ellis, go get the $100 bill you've been hiding. Take the boys, Oral, my dad, Vaden, my uncle, hitch up the wagon. They didn't have a car. Go to town 
a couple of miles into the town of Ada. Go to Jeter's Feed Store and buy seed. We're going to replant. My grandfather started to argue with her. He knew it was too late in the season to replant. But he also knew enough not to argue with his Pentecostal wife. And so they hitched up the wagon, my grandfather, my dad, and my uncle, and they drove into town and took that $100 bill and pulled up in front of Jeter's feed store. Mr. Jeter was standing out on the sidewalk and yelled to him, Brother Roberts, how did your farm do in the storm? And my grandfather said, Mr. Jeter, it's a total loss. No crop. He said, yes, that's the story of all the farms in this area. There'll be no harvest here. My grandfather reached into his overalls pocket and pulled out the $100 bill and waved it to Mr. Jeter and said, we've come to buy seed. The Roberts are going to replant. And Mr. Jeter started to laugh. Now, both my dad and my grandfather told me this story so many times as I grew up. I, I know it so well, I feel like I was there. Pretty soon, Mr. Jeter stopped laughing turned to his sons who were standing there with him and said, drive Brother Robert's wagon around to the back to the feed doors and fill his wagon with seed. They're going to replant. And the next morning, my grandfather, my grandmother, my uncles, my aunts, and, uh, and those, the cousins of them, all the family members, went out in the field and began to replant. Meanwhile, the, the story spread throughout the area. And people came and lined the fence posts watching them, laughing at them, and mocking them because they knew in the natural it was too late in the season to replant. The frost would come, the freeze would follow, and it would be destroyed again. And they laughed and they mocked while the Roberts replanted. Funny thing happened that year in Oklahoma. The frost was unusually late and the first time it dropped under 32 degrees was after Thanksgiving which was unheard of in Oklahoma and only one farm got a harvest that year it was the Roberts farm because they replanted. You may feel like it's too late. But my grandmother got a vision of the dream that God had placed in her heart. And she wouldn't turn it loose. And she kept sowing and kept sowing and kept planting until the pattern was right and the harvest followed. Bow your heads with me in prayer. Let's, uh, let's pray and let's sow a seed tonight. Let's sow a seed into our dreams. Let's give our best to God. Don't give Him a handout. He doesn't want a handout. He wants our best. He gave us His best. We ought to give Him our best. Father, we thank You tonight. There are many needs in this room. 
And the best way I know how to get needs met is to plant seed. And so I'm challenging everyone here at Celebration tonight to plant a seed, to sow a seed out of their lives and to sow their best unto God, not their worst, but to sow their best and to believe that you will use it for your glory through this church and this ministry. And then you won't stop there, but you'll open the windows of heaven. You'll pour out a blessing so much so there will not be enough room to receive it. And you will rebuke the devourer, the devil, for our sake. Let us all sow tonight into the kingdom of God, sowing into our dreams. Let us replant tonight for the best days of our lives. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. There is an envelope in the back of, your, back of the seat in front of you. You're making out a check, make it out to Celebration Church. Is that right, Pastor? Ushers are waiting. You spell million, M-I-L-L-I-O-N. Those are the millions he said he was paying me. I heard him say that. I didn't, hear, I didn't hear a whole lot else, but I heard that. <laughs> heard that real clear. Praise God. Did you hear the story? I'll give you just a second to write your check. Did you hear the story about the $100 bill and the dollar bill? The dollar bill and the $100 bill were having a conference. And uh, the dollar bill said to the $100 bill, where have you been? Oh, I've been to New York. I've been to Los Angeles. I've been to Las Vegas. I've been to San Francisco. And the $100 bill said to the dollar bill, where have you been? He said, I've been to church. <laughs> so with your teaspoon, get your teaspoon out to receive. So with your wheelbarrow, get your wheelbarrow out to receive. You follow? Now take your seed, lift it up to God. Come on, lift it up. Everybody lift it up. If you don't have anything in your hand, reach into the purse of the person next to you. Take out an offering. They'll let you do it. There's forgiveness. You get permission later. Pray this after me. Oh God, tonight I give you my best. I sow my best because you're the best. But God, you think I'm the best. So multiply this back to me. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, according to Luke 6.38, in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Come on, ushers. Praise God. I'm headed to Africa in a couple of weeks. I cannot wait to be with those 300 pastors. The only prerequisite to get into this conference to be one of the 300 is you have to have, you have to be a pastor, you have to have a congregation, and it has to be in an area where there is no internet so that I can give them teaching materials of how to be a pastor, how to preach, how to teach the Word of God, how to pray for the sick, how to win someone to Christ, how to, how to put a sermon together. Uh, these, are, these, these are things that would seem basic to us who've had training. But there are parts in the world where they've had no training at all. And we've got to get the gospel to every person on the face of the earth. And I'm doing my part. And so I praise God. I can hardly wait to go. I'm excited about it. 
and India will be next, and then we'll, we'll move towards Central America and others as we translate. We're translating this into, into Hindi, into Chinese. We're translating it into Arabic, into French, into Spanish, into Portuguese, the major languages of the world. And uh, praise God for it. Opportunity to touch lives for the kingdom of God. Anybody else not given your offering yet? If you haven't, if you done that yet, pass it down to the end of the row. In Jesus' mighty name. It's an honor and a privilege and a pleasure to be here in Fresno with you tonight. God bless each and every one of you. This podcast is presented to you by Pastor Randy Han and Celebration Church in Fresno, California. For more information, please visit celebrationchurch.cc.